Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. We are brought to you by our wonderful supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. You can chuck in a buck to get your name featured on all of our streams and video, as well as access to the patron portion of our Discord. $5 gets you a piece of exclusive monthly content, or for 15 bucks, that's $20 international. Get your monthly swag bag mailing, which includes cards signed by the cast. Joining me, as always, is multi-time SEG Top 8 competitor, Ricky Lynn, and I am, of course, Chris. For legal reasons, I'm the renovator, Klein. Uh, not with us this week is Ruckman, uh, who left the cast to, of course, release his own set of NFTs. So look for those uh, coming out. To the, you know how much Ruckman loves NFTs, Ricky, right? I, I do, but uh, I think, actually, we have to uh, cool it on the jokes. I don't think the April Fool's jokes on playing Pioneer were received very well. So, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, things that the Magic yeah. community... Uh, doesn't know how to do yet is read jokes, but you know, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We're still, we're still behind on that. I, I was amazed how many people were just like fake when like, uh, like Ruckman, you know, made his, uh, April fool's joke. And I was just like, yeah, like that's part of the joke, right? <laughs> like we're all supposed to know it's fake and you're supposed to just like kind of laugh along with it. So yeah, pretty, pretty funny takes, um, you know, going on this week, we usually have a structure. I don't remember what it is. This is going to be the chaos episode. Um, you know, funnily enough, Sometimes we go off on a tangent. This is going to be chaotic because it's just me and Ricky here this week. Ruckman, of course, got married. Congratulations Mm -hmm. to him. Had a beautiful wedding. Uh, It was fantastic. Everybody had fun. Uh, We all ate, drank, and were merry. And uh, excited for him and and his future uh, marriage life. Essentially, Ruckman left us alone with $50 to buy pizza and episode structure. And we spent all that on booster packs. And Halo. And Halo. Yeah, exactly. And Halo. Yeah. So, uh, you know. There's no pizza. We need to eat. So if you could go to that Patreon and go ahead and just give us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throw us a dollar or two in there. Hey, uh, here's the structure that I have written down in a uh, 1995 uh, notepad. Um, that's where I assume this program comes from because it's so old. Um, we're going to do what saved and or killed magic this week. A little discussion on the metagame. We have the challenges to go over a little bit. A little bit quicker this week. I tend to uh, you know not do well when I'm just trying to read a bunch of cards or uh, do stuff like that. That's Ruckman specialty. So a little quicker speeding through that, but we're going to talk about the diversity of the metagame. Uh, and then Ricky and I have prepared a piece talking about what you should do if you've got a hundred dollars and you want to get started in pioneer. We realized that, you know, since the organized play of announcement, this is kind of like our second episode. Our first one, we had to go back and, and re-record uh, due to some nonsense. And we only, you know, me and Ruckman got to talk about it. And obviously we want Ricky's take on it as well. So we're going to dive into all that. And of course, if anybody is newer, um, you'll get a chance to kind of, jump in on this with us we've done these kind of episodes a couple times hey i've got x amount of dollars what should i buy what can i add to the challenger decks different things like that here's another take as we jump into um, paper magic again and pioneer coming to the forefront being the first qualifier season if you will kind of like we used to have when ricky and i used to play in ptq seasons oh yeah back when we were grinding uh so on and so forth so let's just start off let's kick it over uh ricky to what uh saved magic this week i feel like which this is where I want to get your take, if we can, on the organized play announcement. Just first thoughts. How excited are you for Pioneer being the first thing? Just general thoughts on it. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I went into it with a very Doomer mindset. Mm-hmm. And it is not just Commander meetups uh, and no other magic allowed. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. we, you know, yeah. we did good there. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited. Uh, I'm excited for PTQs in my local area. Uh, I plan to definitely be at all of them. 
especially right? if they're pioneer, right? It's mm-hmm. a pioneer pro tour, so why wouldn't they be pioneer, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just excited to get out there and play the game and see what's left of this world, you know? See what's left of this world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty hyped. The pro tour is being sort of regionalized. Is that what I, I sort of understand? Is that like, is it each country gets its own? Gosh, yeah. We, is that we went, what it is? Uh, I don't think that the- we went over this last week, and I don't have the announcement in front of me. I could struggle to pull it up, but essentially, yeah, like regions are called, or regions are countries now, basically. Right, right, right. Like the United States is its own region, and so like regionals are what nationals used to be, kind of. Right. And doing well at one of those can qualify you for worlds and or the pro tour. So it almost works like the old school, like states nationals type situation mm-hmm. um, but like your local event we're trying to figure out exactly who can qualify for them because right. like your local events that qualify you for your regional events seem to be be able to be run by different levels of wpn stores initially i got the word that it was going to be premium the announcement came out and it looked like it was more stores than that but then also like DreamHack is in charge of like the regionals plus some other stuff. So definitely go read the announcement or listen to last week's episode if you haven't, because we go over in detail what all it entails. But essentially, yes, like regionals are like nationals essentially, and you I, can qualify for the Pro Tour. And I'm a little unsure of how I qualified to play at DreamHack, or if that window is actually factually already gone. Right? No, no, no. You can like I believe it's an open like the first one. Like they're gonna have like a uh, a state level event or like a qualifier. They're going to have uh, like regional qualifiers and those you can play in. Okay. So like our understanding is like Dallas DreamHack Dallas is coming up soon. Right. And we are expecting to be able to play pioneer to qualify at that event is what we're expecting. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. I, I want to play magic again. I don't want to deal with arena to get to the pro tour. And it looks like I don't have to. Right. I don't have to deal with the rivals league. Shout out to anybody that was on the Rivals League. Call us. We'll talk to you about it. We want right. to know more, right? But mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't. I just. I'm happy that we just go play Magic, and if you win, you qualify for stuff. That's what it should be about, right? Yep. Uh, Makes sense to me. I like that they said that GPS will be coming back in the future. I get not doing them immediately, but also bring back GPS and call them yeah. GPS. Don't call them magic fests. No, it's no, lame. No. Uh, what's a GP? Uh huh. Just uh, you know, just the best weekends of my life. <laughs> right, pretty maybe. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, WPN store regional championship qualifiers are the best place to play. On-site last chance qualifiers Friday at DreamHack. Sunday qualifiers at the DreamHack for the next regional championship. So, it looks like you get to play. Um, well, we'll have to see because we'll DreamHack Atlanta says Magic Showdown. We'll find out more. I'm expecting that at DreamHack Dallas, there's going to be some Magic to be played in, in a qualifier there, maybe like a bigger version, right? Where like maybe more players get to go, or or something to that effect. Yeah, the thing is, like, like I've been talking to some LGSs around here, right? Mm-hmm. And they, of course, did not know any of these things were going to happen until the announcement happened, right? So now they're right. kind of getting a little barraged with, uh, you know, when you PDQ, and it's just yeah. like they're just like, we would love to tell you anything about that you know right please give us some time but the promos look sweet yeah how about that and they're pioneer centered promos Mm Hmm. for the most part right like for sure we got nick thos nick thos lava spike not but you know whatever who knows maybe lava spike is in uh 
You know, maybe that's Halo. Ooh, I bet. You know, I bet incoming. Uh, no, they wouldn't give us lightning bolt. Or they give us lava spike. I guess it's worse, <laughs> right? But you know, yeah, different card. That's why it doesn't look like there's like. Well, there is a group of people called the Riveters. And what is a no? What, they're the Riveteers. <laughs> I looked at that. Oh, you've looked at this. Yeah, of course. But I mean, they're like, like. What is a lava spike, but like a big, hot iron nail, right? <laughs> it's a stretch. Hmm. But maybe we get there. It also says sorcery arcane, which that makes it tougher to bring. Okay, back, right? that does also make it a little harder. <laughs> you know what? If we were going to see it, we would have seen it in Kamigawa, right? Things I would have I would have never thought about, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you could have asked me about lava spike, and I would have sat here right. all day. And I would never have guessed it was arcane. arcane. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would have guessed like tribal goblin before I would have gotten to arcane. But that's right? how you win with it with the is it guild mage combo way back. Yes, when. right. Yeah. Is For you... those that don't know, you know that was my first uh, first standard deck actually yeah. that I played in a tournament with was you could splice onto arcane. Um, there's a card. It's called desperate ritual, and it's got some text. But there's another text. That for uh, the same as its cost, essentially, you can splice it onto an arcane. And so you, instead of getting rid of the card, you just add the text effects to whatever card you were playing. And I don't know why there were certain arcane cards that you could do and certain cards that said splice onto arcane. It didn't make a lot of sense. This is from the old world of magic. Most of the people that played magic from this time are dead already. Don't ask me how we're alive. But back then, yeah, you could splice onto an arcane. And is it guild mage let you copy the copy a card, which at the time let you copy uh, the oh. effects on that card. So, like, right. your card got to add you mana and deal three damage, and as long as you had, like, six mana, you could just keep doing that. You could right. reveal your thing each time, add it to the text, copy it, and keep making mana and go to town on that. So, well, I remember that because it was my first arena deck, so you just right. brought me back. Well, it was like, because you spend so you spend one mana for the Lava Spike and the two mana to splice it, right? Right. And right. then for three mana, you can copy a instant or sorcery that costs two. Right. Uh, so you pay that, you copy the Lava Spike, which has... Right. the text on it. Yep, but once the first that, set resolves... That copy will resolve, making you right. three mana, which you then pay it back into the guild. Pay page. it back to copy the spell again. And you, right. yeah, exactly you right. dome your opponent. Anyways, that's not Pioneer. No, it's not. But, but when I first played that, I thought I had to have three mana, and then I realized that you have to have six, because you have to yeah. do it, and then you have to have the mana to copy it also. Right, so I got right, into right. some trouble on a tournament where I was like, oh, I was trying to do it for three mana, and then I realized you had to do it for six. Thankfully, the time they caught me, I had the six mana anyway. But uh, yeah, my first FNM, that's how that went. It's so okay. Here we go. At an FNM? Yeah. Uh, after Cold Snap released? Uh-huh. After Time Spiral released? Yeah. I uh, went and I played a Terramorphic Expanse, mm-hmm. sacked it to go get a forest. Okay. And while searching my library, I revealed all four of my pan glacial worms and put them into the battlefield. Uh, my opponent then asked me how I would be paying for those. And uh, I've never felt more stupid in my entire life. Panglacial Worm, of course, says you may cast this card while you are searching your library. I just assumed that it was a free 7-7. Right, yeah. I was yeah. like, why is nobody <laughs> playing this card? You got to pay for that 7-7, seven, seven. Right. yeah. Right, yeah. This is the most broken card of I've all time, just right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. My whole deck was absolutely garbage because it was just a bunch of like red goblins from Lorwyn or red cards and green cards. That let, yeah. let me shuffle my deck or look through my deck or whatever. Right, right. So I could put all my Panglacial Worms into play. Get all these sweet fresh 7-7s. Seven, seven. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah like, turn one, four 7-7s. Seven, you can't lose. That's it. That's it. 
Uh, well, thankfully, we don't have to worry about such oppressive cards in a format such as Pioneer. Right. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about the the challenge that popped off first. This challenge, according to Ruckman, um, had 100 plus players in it. Hey, so people nice. are ready for the, the thing. And we see some fam- familiar names here. We see some really cool uh, new names that are playing some really fun new decks. But, you know, we know Tunak Tunak, we know Claudio, and then we know Harry 13, obviously. Harry 13, I think SEO is the Twitter name, something like that. So these are all players we've we've seen before. Um, so Tunak Tunak, let's go uh, first to eighth here. Skipping the metagame this week. I, uh, I don't yep. want to do it. Just keep so there you go. Skipping the metagame this week. Just going to jump straight into some of these uh, challenges here. Tunak Tunak, first place on what is blue-white control, featuring two farewells, your typical, uh, you know, Standard stuff here. Four Shark Typhoons this time. A little bit of a change that I've seen of running a full four of those. Uh, but uh, full, you know, obviously a very strong card in, right. in Pioneer. Gabo 2009. Second place with Niv-Mizzet control and not the one you're thinking of? This is a super strange deck, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, um, we're just going to try to slam our Narset, slam our Days Undoing. Right. And get there? And get there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Thing of the Ice is an insane card. Right. Uh, a lot of players have not been packing their portable holes or their cheap removal spells, especially battling its control. So I've had a lot of success with that. And obviously, your aggro decks typically do not pack a ton of removal for it anyway. Obviously, it costs two. So it's kind of one of those dies to everything type effects. Right. Wherein it dies to your fatal pushes, it dies to your portable holes, so on and so forth. But still an insane card. Pretty easy to flip in response if you can or need to. And then we're finishing the game out with Niv-Mizzet Parun. Parun or Parun? What do you think, Ricky? Parun? Sure. That means it's pronounced the other way. It was Pillar of the Parun. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that's a real word in English. And obviously, we went to high school in Texas, so we barely know how to read or write. Right. So we don't know what actually that word is. However, Niv-Mizzet Parun. Uh, cost triple blue, triple red. It's a 5-5. Five, five. I have cast this many a times in my life. Uh, it cannot be countered. It's got flying, and whenever you draw a card, it deals one damage to any target. Whenever a player casts, whenever a player, any either player, Cassin casts an instant or sorcery. sorcery spell, you draw a card. Um, pretty huge. I, I just w- want us to be casting Holebreaker Horror, but maybe there's something here that I'm missing. I love this card, so I'm not going to argue with it. Well, because you know? if you days undoing, you get to deal 7 damage, or you get to deal like, of course. way more damage, right? Of course. I mean, you're going to be drawing plenty of cards anyway, so like, I think right. this card's fine. I just do think that this card... Um, we don't have a lot of answers in this deck, right? right? Our answers are like Flame Best, Blessed Bolt, Fiery Impulse. We have no even like Narset's Reversal type effects unsubstantiate effects we don't have any of that right well, i mean like uh, we're just trying to get people with the with what are you trying to effect. what are you trying to kill in this format right now right you know most things in the format will die winota if, uh, well yeah winota we can't kill yeah which is really um, a not a good thing to not be able to kill right now yeah wandering emperor it goes down to two uh flames is the plus big thing. bolt can kill wandering emperor if she makes if the they token. go down yeah yeah mm-hmm so there's that option. Um, but yeah, otherwise we're, you know, pretty standard deck. Narset, uh, one Anger of the Gods, three Days Undoing, four Expressive Iteration, three Treasure Cruise, four Consider, four Fiery Impulse, four Flame Bless Bolt, four Ops, and 21 Lands. That's what that deck looks like. Pretty interesting. Again, people innovating all over in Pioneer. We'll talk about this probably ad nauseum in a few minutes here, but uh, a very diverse metagame here. Uh, I'm ready to move on to third place and go over it real quick right. if you want. This is a sweet deck, Third too. place. Yeah, third place, Hiro Sukai is what I'm going to call this person here, mm-hmm. with Mono Blue Spirits. 
good old fashioned monobus player to third place of a hundred plus uh, person challenge. Huge. The typical list we've been talking about for a long time, as far as if you want a budget deck to go crazy with, here it is. Four Ascendant Spirits, some Brazen Borrowers, some Mausoleum Wanders is a four of, four Rattle Chains, four Shackle Geist, one Spectral Adversary, uh, four Spectral Sailor, four Supreme Phantom, four Geist Light Snare, two Spell Pierce, one Icon of Ancestry, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but maybe it, it's worth a chance that we can. It gets your cards in to make sure dude's bigger. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's it is a source of card advantage, right? Right. I feel like three mana is a lot, and you typically do want to be responding to stuff. Right, that's where I kind of like learned that this deck. Saving. Yeah, this deck really doesn't want um, like opt type effects. Like you just don't need them; they're just a waste of time. Right. And then, of course, Fear Curious Obsession, three Faceless Haven, nineteen Snow Covered Island. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've played more Geistlight Snare than I think any of us really. Uh, I like Geistlight Snare. Card's really good. Uh, it <clears throat> the big thing about it is it like really really gets to like magic Christmas land your hand a lot. Mm-hmm. Like if you get to go like turn one, like spectral sailor and then turn two, you cast the guy slight or you cast the obsession. Your guy mm-hmm. snare is now one mana. Right. And you can cast that right on, on turn two. You cast your obsession and you've got guy slight snare mana. Exactly. Up. Like the thing is like, yes, if your opponent has one red up and you've got the obsession, the guy slight snare can't help you, you know, maybe you wait a turn. Mm-hmm. So it can help you, but like yeah. if your opponent like plays some tap land or plays like Voldaren Epicure on turn one, like you get to go like obsession and then you have a Geistlight Snare to stop anything they do on their turn. It counters anything. So I think that's what makes it like such like I don't think Lofty Denial does Lofty Denial counter anything. Yes, it does, but it always costs two. Mm-hmm. But uh I I like it a lot. Um yeah. two spell pierce to bring it back to like spell about pierce. This deck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to spell pierces. No, go ahead. Over miscast? People have been playing mm-hmm. miscast. You like the miscast more? Mm, I think we're more in a spell pierce world. I think spell piercing. I think with Wanderer, right? Yeah, I must say it's spell piercing Wandering Emperor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's yeah, going to feel real bad Emperor. with that miscast in your hand. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And spell pierce, again, just hitting those planeswalkers. So important right now. I, 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 do, I do agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the sideboard options this deck has. It's the only thing I'm not a big fan of. I think the only ones you could really note are Mystical Spute and Graft Digger's Cage, as well as just like, hey, look, I get more counter magic if I want it, or a couple Trixiness things if I'm like facing another aggressive deck. I've got some entrancing melodies uh, out of the board here, but so far, not a big fan of the sideboard options. Like, Obviously, you're only one color. Do you like so. Blue March? Um, I do like Blue March, actually. Uh, even it's just like, because again, it's kind of like a fog. I look at it as like a slightly expensive fog. You can blink your own creatures and, uh, and stop and save uh, them from, wrath. Save them from wrath. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting, right? That like, could absolutely fair, worth it. Like I your opponent farewells and you just like, phase my dudes. Yep. Are you dead like, still? You're probably yeah. dead after that, right? And I think that's a good way to get around, uh, good way to get around... The four mana uncounterable wrath that I for some reason I'm forgetting the Supreme name. Supreme verdict. Supreme verdict. Yeah, thank you. Um, or like a substantiate. I think there's a lot of ways you have to look. Like one thing I'd be looking at is like uh, Narset's reversal, which is really good against things like Thoughtseize uh, effects like that. I think the, uh, well, the Narset's thing rever- I don't like about mm-hmm. Narset's reversal is it gives them the card yeah. back. It does. It does. But like I think you're looking to play it against specific stuff. Otherwise, that card would be too powerful. Like for example, I'll talk a little more on about like thought distortion. Right. The Thought Distortion, I think, is a card that just absolutely destroys control. Right. 
And the one counter to that is if the, like that rises up, they're just going to play Narciss Reversal in response. And yeah, it gives it to you back, but you're just going like, to... Well, it get gets exiled, card. right? Because you right. they copy the spell, shove it back at you, and you immediately get your you hand exiled. Right, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, you don't get it back. <laughs> right, I know that's the, that's the huge piece of it. So I think the sideboard, I'm, I'm wondering if, if that maybe needs more looking at. But again, I'm not the one who got third place in this challenge. So there's some cards I'm excited about because I do love this deck, and I can't tell you how excited I am for this player. Good for them, by the way. Hopefully, this is this is huge, and hopefully, they're excited. But uh, mm-hmm. I'd be worth I'd be worth looking because, like I said, you can get around some of the wrath effects and, and whatnot out there by right. you know, like like you pointed out, either Blue March or Unsubstantiate, which we're both fans of, right? Right. The only thing I would want to see in the sideboard, honestly, I think that like uh, Cage is fine, but I think that like mm-hmm. what's more important right now is Sphere. I, I think you can use Sphere also because I like Cage because Cage tops Winota too, right? Creature cards in graveyards and libraries can't enter the battlefield. Right. Stop some of those shenanigans. Versus, like, again, I'm really questioning, do we want this icon? Do we need the extra haven? Do we need the melody even? Something like that. Or, or are there better answers? But I love the extra It depends haven. on what your weak matchups are. Because like some matchups you just have to sack. Right. You know? And just move on to the next one. Uh, any last thoughts on this before we move on to fourth place? No. Fourth place is a lot to talk about. Is it? Yeah. Fourth place is Claudio this with is a Niftalite. With a Celestis. With the Celestis, well, we've seen that for a couple weeks now, I think, right? Right. This deck is just, like, every time I see it, it's, like, super... I used to dread it, dread it, but now every time I see it, I'm like, there it is. There they go, yeah. right? I'm, like, excited. Uh-huh. I'm excited about this deck now. Like, you're playing cards like Solar Blaze. That's cool. It is cool. And it's not a deck that I am ever going to take the effort to... Learn. Learn. Yeah. I assume that this is just like some black magic that Claudio has made with some otherworldly being that allows him to like just see the matrix. Right. And then play this deck to perfection with his Deafening Clarion and his Solar Blaze and his whatever else. And I assume that every time he plays it, that is just the best version. That he has somehow figured it out and he knows that now you're supposed to play one Solar Blaze, like, obviously. They've right. got Arlen Pax Hope in How the sideboard. Uh, I didn't know that was a magic card. Hold yeah. On. Oh, it's Daybound. Okay. Yeah, because you can flip it with the Celestis. No. <laughs> that you can. You've also got a D-Spark. Uh, Campbell. Oh, yeah. I love their soup. Campbell? Yeah, pretty good yep. soup. Lavinia, soup. also random uh, random hoser card to Lotus Storm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're... I think, I think, too, like... Man, if you just wanted to hose a lot of the top decks and just be the most hated player at your local event, you there's an artifact for every deck that just hoses whatever deck that it is most of the time, whether it's uh, <laughs> Dampening Sphere, Graph Digger's Cage, like Ratchet Bomb, whatever you might have. And just like, we're inventions in this format, and we're about to see that card go crazy, I swear. Uh, I think that if you ever want to play Niv to Light, mm-hmm. you should like triple sleeve the deck to like... Okay just present even even against the like other yorian decks in your meta you will just Mm -hmm. present this large looming tower of your opponent's defeat of just a lot of gold cards that are going to do a lot of cool things uh like this is this version isn't a yorian deck but we want them to think it's a yorian right exactly like so like like, this 60 card make it bigger this 60 card pile looks like an 80 card pile you know what i mean right yeah and you're gonna feel like you're playing against an 80 card pile with all the nonsense i'm doing right so you might as well you might as well call a spade a spade right. at that point. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I love it. Hey, here's the only copy of Winota in the top eight, surprisingly, with I Love You, 
And as much as I do love you, Ricky, that's the name of this player here in fifth right, place. Right. Uh, playing good old-fashioned Winodia. 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 Wow. It's been a long day. I, I had a ceiling collapse on me today. <laughs> oh, and, my uh, God. That's how my day went. That's Jeez. how my day went. So there you go. Uh, hey, a Seekus Chariot, something I'll talk about later. It's like $3. Can you believe that? I can. I think most people think it's the Magic Arena version of a Seekus Chariot, which is bad. Sure. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? No, they, they must have assumed it got nerfed in real life, too. Right, right? That's how right. alchemy works. If uh, if you die in the game, you die in real life. Right. Um, and that's what happened to a Seekus Chariot. What I like the most about this build, mm-hmm. and you're going to hear me saying this a lot, actually, about a lot of decks that I'm going to be seeing here in the future, mm-hmm. is that, like... I think that Llanowar Elf into Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a very, very, very strong opening. Isn't it? Yeah, that's the different thing about this deck, by the way. Three Fable of the Mirror Breaker. We've got one Blade Historian, four Cathar, four Mystic, one Kenrith, four Llanowar Elves, four Prosperous Innkeeper, four Tovalar's Huntmaster, four Voice of Resurgence, four Winota, four uh, Asika's Chariot, and then, of course, our three Fable of the Mirror Breaker in this Winota deck, the only one in the top eight uh, that I see, so... Winota, excited about that. You know, you can, you know, you live and die by the Winota. Right. And I think that being able to play cards like Fable are going to help you in those matchups where you just like, like sometimes your your matchups are going to be like, we're going to go turn one Mystic into turn two Fable into turn three Chariot. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to ride. You're just going to ride that stupid opening to a, to a game win. And I think before this deck struggled to try to pull out wins without Winota. I think that now you can. I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of almost like the Lurus backup plan where it's like, hey, you know, you, you've got that backup plan just in case you need it. Right. It's not the best backup plan. Right. Right. But it is a backup plan and it's going to win you some percentage of games. Do you think this deck should ever play the uh, the backup combo with uh, Combat Celebrant you were telling me about before we started here? Ooh. Maybe this deck but just the, shove that in there because. But the way, so maybe I think you could shove it in your sideboard and it'd be really funny. Mm-hmm. But that that being said, uh, Combat Celebrant can only exert if he is declared as an attacker. So if he comes in off of Winota, he will not be able to give you an extra combat step. Interesting. So, I just wonder if it's just worth combining the decks. You might be right. You might be onto something. But I think for now, it has not happened. <laughs> yeah. We can, said, I guess the fact that it's a human isn't the benefit because you get the humans, right? Right. Hmm. Yeah, but at least you've got it for the next turn if you want it. Right. Speaking... But this deck has a lot of interesting interesting, interesting things going for it. So right. like maybe it's not worth it. But again, if you're like a Seekus Cherry, it's not paying off, which I can't imagine why. Like, But if, right. if there's a card you wanted to drop, I think that's a fun way to take the deck. We were talking before about this uh, Infinite Combat Celebrant deck, which we'll go over some more in a minute here. Right. Let's finish up this top eight real quick. Sixth place was Speaking Fury 13. that uh, people yeah. have been disrespecting lately. This which deck. one? This. Oh, yeah. The uh, Just Kai Ascendancy people deck? People were like, what's Just Kai Ascendancy? You know, the F&M tier, you know? Sure. But sure, once sure, again, yeah. this is Pioneer. And if you're good with your deck, you're good with your deck. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yep. Yep, yep. Here we go. Um, let's go through this. I'm not going to particularly go over the preliminary, but then we've got we've got a lot on our mind, and Ruckman normally doesn't let us rant this hard. So let's just, you know, Ruckman's not here. I'm let's just go enjoying this challenge. It had over 100 players. Let's, you know, we're, we're taking it, you know, free and easy down the road we go, you know. That we are. That we are. Uh, let's just go over the deck list real quick, just in case you guys don't know. Ascendancy, one of the, you know, top decks in the metagame pretty recently. 
And, you know, we'll see how things shake out with all the attention that Pioneer is getting. Got really so we've big got with one Midnight Narset Hunt. Carter of Veils. What's that? It got really big with Midnight Hunt, but it's sort of fallen off since then. Uh, a little bit for sure. I think Winota's taken over is like, hey, this is a consistent deck, right? Like you love people love spinning the wheel. And so it's exciting. And so there's a lot of stuff going on. But Harry 13's deck is one Narset, four Sylvan Carroted, four Expressive Iteration, four Sylvan Awakening, four Consider, three Dig Through Time, two Fiery Impulse, one Mystical Dispute in the main deck, four Opt, one Spell Pierce, two Portable Hole, two Chain to the Rocks, four Jeskai Ascendancy, and then 24 lands bringing it all together. You know, obviously this deck here, the objective is to turn your lands into creatures or have uh you know creatures that tap for mana and then whenever you cast a non-creature spell you untap all those cards the combo here's with silver and awakening which turns all your lands into two twos uh, which still tap for mana so because they're creatures just guy sentence untaps them and every time you cast a spell you get to cycle through your deck and make your lands massive and then attack for the win so that's the you know objective here in case you haven't seen that deck before it's a little bit i'd say more of a unique combo deck feels super you know, people interesting who are familiar with the deck I've seen Jeskai Ascendancy, but in case you haven't, maybe you're newer to Magic, that's what this deck does. Feels super interesting without Treasure Cruise going with Dig Through Time, but I guess like you'd rather draw two cards that keep you going than three cards that might not. That's the thing. It's like the more I play, you know, I, I do love me some Treasure Cruise, uh, but right. Dig Through Time getting you one less card, but you know it's cards that you want, you know, most of the time, right, from, from your top seven right. has really been huge. In any kind of deck where like, you don't have the redundancy and this deck kind of does, but you know, there's a reason that we talked about thought seas not being that great against arc light Phoenix, right. because the deck does one thing. It puts Phoenixes in the graveyard and it casts cantrips, right? Like what part of that are you going to disrupt? If you take away one card, like you just cost yourself two life, you know, like if you can find the, the one thing they couldn't cast great or find the one card that's good against you, maybe it's the, you know, the sweltering suns, or the sweeper that they one of that they play, then you got that good for you. But generally speaking, the deck is so redundant. A Thoughtseize isn't going to get you where you want to go. The deck just does the same thing over and over again. Right. So those decks tend like you know a, any three cards are better, right? You just rather have the extra card. But any deck where that's not the case, like I feel like if you can kind of test that, if a Thoughtseize is good against you, you probably want dig through time. Right. That's some kind of litmus test. I don't know if it's a good litmus test, but it's a litmus test. You should be impressed that I know what a litmus test is. There right? you go. I'm That's impressed. I feel. I'm impressed. So here we go. You being the royal you, our listeners, of course, should be impressed that I know what a right. litmus test is. So that's how we'll uh, that's how we'll talk about that, I guess. Seventh um, place, we got Phoenix. Seventh place, we got Phoenix. And just Heir Phoenix. Elendil 5. Yeah, this is... Um, Oops, all Phoenixes? What do you want to call this? Uh, this is a spooky deck list, in my opinion. I've been playing Phoenix for a long time, um, but there's no Treasure Cruise. Right. There's three Temporal Trespass. Yeah. And there's only Phoenix. This feels real, real, real aggressive. But, like, if we're, like, the super aggressive Phoenix, why would our Fiery Impulses, like, maybe those should be uh, Play With Fires? So we can get actual aggressive. Sure. But like. Yeah, just to go to the dome, right? Right. And the main decking of the Jace Wielder of Mysteries is, I think, a little. It's something. It's something, you know? Yeah, I think people are experimenting, and that's fine. I, I begin, like you said, I'm interested to know with so many players, you do get more variety. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a random deck in the top eight. Who knows if this will stay? Who knows if this player even ended up liking this final build or if there's changes they would make, right? right. Uh, it's definitely too early to tell, but this is certainly interesting that you could have this configuration and still do really well. I think it shows the power of Phoenix, at least it's what I think 
is just how strong that deck could be. You're just so good at putting cards into your yard mm-hmm. that you know your your systems there. Also, four pieces of the puzzle main deck, which is pretty slow for like a deck that's kind of oh, just yeah. going pedal to metal. That's that's my opinion too. But hey, interesting yeah, but we'll Phoenix see. deck. All yep. Right. Uh, there's a sleazy yard, and then uh, Rice in eighth place with uh, good old fashioned Lotus Field combo. This is. Um, the new boogeyman on the block. Yep. This is uh, a deck that's probably been a little uh, laid low on in the past, but now it's here. It's got the sage you and it's not afraid. Yeah. Um, man, that's a pretty crazy one. And again, this is a deck that's kind of pioneer only that I'm aware of. I mean, I guess it was a modern deck for a bit. Is um, that fair to say? Or? But this is a very strong deck and this is a uh, mm-hmm. pretty uh, normal-ish build. Normally people play two Dark Petition, but hey, one is fine. You normally don't need the second one, right? Right. Uh, we got, you know, double Beseju, double Atwara, so we can use Sylvan Scrying to literally answer anything that opposes us. Yeah, that, that's what just made this card so strong, is like, the fact that Sylvan Scrying can get this card, this, this deck just became way harder to hate out. Right. Because and you can even the, play the channel ability on Basaju is so cheap, Ricky. Right. You like can, you can even play, you know, you one of Basaju in the side, and you can tutor for it with your Fey of Wishes too, or your Mastermind's acquisition. Right. Yep. You just grab it. So like, just being able to get your Basaju is really going to help this deck quite a bit. I love this deck. I've been working on iterations and iterations of this. I've played with discontinuity when I was bad. I've now, you know, gone to the emergent ultimatum ways, you know? Mm-hmm. This deck is super. What's your emergent ultimatum package? Emergent ultimatum, of course, right. is the uh, Sultai, right, ultimatum. Mm-hmm. We search a library for three monocolored cards with different names and exile them. An opponent chooses one of those cards. Shuffle that card into your library and you may cast the other cards. For those of you that don't just generally know, Lotus Field is hexproof. It comes into play taps. When it comes into play, you got to sack two lands, and then you add three mana of any color. And our goal is just to twiddle that with hidden strings, um, pour over the pages, effects that untap our lands, you know, get us effectively way more mana, and we're channeling that mana into an omniscience or this emergent ultimatum idea to to try and get us an overwhelming amount of card advantage and kind of win the game from there. I don't think you can ever go wrong getting Mm -hmm. omniscience, pour over pages, and uh, peer into the abyss. I think that's interesting too. I, I really think that like one of the powerful things about this, like you pointed, is like when you pointed out that like you're just going to get pour, peer into the, uh, sorry, pour over the pages to untap our lands, right? Because we untap uh, two lands, which hopefully are both Lotus Field effects between uh, Lotus Field and Thespian stage, obviously, right? We get all our mana back that we cast for it. We draw some cards. Uh, I was almost even wondering if we just get like omniscience, which they pretty much are never going to give us pour over the pages and even like a Balagad recovery. So sometimes where it's like, if I'm doing well enough, I just get my omniscience back. Right. So sometimes it'll, it shuffles into the deck, whatever you don't, whatever. Oh, you, that's true. Yeah. Right. You do not get that's right. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. The emergent so, does not put the last card into the yard. It, it shuffles it into the library. So right, right. the thing is, uh, there are times where people will pick pat, like they'll pick stacks that I think are a little sus. Right. Mm-hmm. And if your opponent like picks stacks, like something like, uh, peer into the abyss, hidden strings, omniscience, right? Uh huh. Then you give them the hidden strings and the omniscience, right? And sure. they only drew one card that draws them cards, right? Mm-hmm. So, like the thing with the omniscience, poor, and uh, 
appear into the abyss packages, they can't give you the omniscience, right? So you're going right. to draw three cards plus half your deck and untap your lance. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to win from there, right? Of course, yeah. Or at least cast another Emergent Ultimatum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they give you Omniscience and Pour over the pages, that's still fine because we're still going to draw three cards with Pour over the pages in which we have those three cards to try to find ways into our bigger cards with Omniscience, right? Yeah. So I think this deck is very sweet. It is uh, sat around forever. The new hotness is the sideboard playing two Sphinx of the Final Word. Yes, to just I saw that. end the game like that, right? Mm-hmm. Path of Peril is also a new Wrath that they get to play. It's better than Anger of the Gods because you can cast it for three to kill all the low drops. And if you have two Lotus Fields, you can cast it for six and just kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you can always just combo off and win with Approach the Second Sun out of your sideboard. Deck uh, is sweet. And being able to play out of your sideboard is very, very fun. And we'll talk more about this, actually, probably almost right now, right? Almost right now, yeah. The thing I wanted to point out is that there was also a preliminary that happened either today or yesterday as of recording this. It has uh, some fun decks. A lot of them are Rakdos-based. So, like, Rakdos seems like a very solid place in the metagame. As you look at the top 32 of, like, again, this 100-person-plus challenge here, you do start to look at and see some um, repetitive or different themes of Rakdos that seemed to do very well. They at least like, you know, um, competed with these decks. They were strong enough to make a top 32. And there's quite a few of them. I mean, like outside of the top eight, you see several different um, Rakdos decks. I wanted to point out that in fifth place, you have a um, Lotus Field deck that is playing Leer, which I do kind of like to get your cards back. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. need it. That's a normal. But I do really like Leer. That's another cool one to p- pick on the package, right? It's just like, if you've already gone through quite a bit of your deck and you mm-hmm. finally get a late ultimatum, like Omniscience, Leer, plus something, right? It's just yeah. sort of like, well, now what, you know? Yeah. Can the cards all be blue? Yeah, sure. They or can they, all be blue. As long as they're monocolored cards with different names. Yep. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah, because, I mean, I like Leer, where it's like, well, geez, now if you give me my untap effect and either of these cards, it's insane. Right. So it's like, if I get my uh, Omniscience in my Leer, like, yeah, I'm down cards, but, like, if you don't kill me next turn, right? Like, I get cards from my yard, I get cards from my hand, you know, uh, seems like a win-win. So I do like me a, I do like me a Leer or so, just to, like, help uh, help push the deck along there. Right. So that's just what I was going to mention there. I think that's a fun card. Otherwise, obviously, go check out this uh, this challenge yourself to check out the rest of the decks go ahead and make sure that you also join our discord if you haven't already it is a free to join discord where you can talk about these decks if you've got questions for us or our community who you know we've been with for a long time we're doing this for two years now they will give you plenty of overview or advice on some of these decks uh, in case we have any questions that we weren't able to answer in the course of this podcast there so we'll call that the uh, metagame in preliminary for the week so uh, ricky what do you want to jump in now you want to jump in this um I also wanted to point out the diversity of the metagame. We can jump into our $100 stuff now. We can do it in a minute. What do you want to do? Let's see here. I think we jump right into the uh, the $100 plans here. Let's do it. So I'll just go over this real quick. We presented a challenge this week where each of us was going to say, hey, you know, you're kind of new, either brand new or pretty new to the format. How do you best spend your $100 to just get you started? Right. So my and thought so is, like, especially because like, I know that like the you know people have been playing in paper events and stuff like that, but like right now we're talking about actually getting out to like PTQs and like pioneer events and paper becoming more of a normal thing, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about all the people who have not been buying paper cards. They've been playing on MTGO, Grinding Pioneer, you know. Uh, or even if you're completely new, you're getting out there. But a lot of people are coming into Pioneer with, you know, very, very little in their collection or or no collection even, right? Right. And I think that especially with now how the market is changing with Pioneer cards oh, going gosh. up right now, yeah. uh, I think it's, you know, I wanted to make another kind of like i didn't want to just like what's a deck that we can build for cheap right i -hmm. wanted to for a hundred dollars can you get as close as possible to a like essentially could you get a playable top tier deck or close to one where you're Mm -hmm. positioned to buy the rest later sure or even just like essentially investing in like an fnm style deck and then also cards that are going to be helpful down the line in further Pioneer decks. The best way you could spend $100 with an empty collection on Pioneer was the prompt. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, why don't you go first? I think yours, you know, honestly, I would just kind of, I pretty much agree with yours is also what I'm going to say. So I really like what you picked up for this week. So why don't you present first? Uh, Mine is a little more lame. I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. Oh, I think, you know, I don't think there's no lame answers here. And I'd like to see what Ruckman does when he gets back with this, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I might have actually gone over by like a dollar or something. The first oh, thing is wow. on Amazon.com right now. And I, I took screenshots of uh, the checkouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to mess with TCG I player. I have the proof here. I don't. I have trouble with TCG player personally because I'm old, I guess. Uh, but like just having to pay shipping 20 million times is a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I just used Card Kingdom as my singles shopping. And I know that I overpaid a bit for $100. 37 of it, uh, 37.95, I guess, um, was spent on the Lotus Field Combo 2021 Challenger deck, mm-hmm. which does come with uh, a lot of interesting cards uh, for us that actually do hold value, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, comes with four Lotus Fields, which is very important, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we wanted to buy Lotus Fields outright, I think they're getting up there now, actually, finally. Sure. The Lotus Fields are currently like five bucks each, so that's about twenty bucks right there. And then our omniscience is fifteen dollars, you know, worth of value in there, so we're up to thirty-five, you know. And then right. from there, all the commons and uncommons that we're gonna get, we're gonna get like an approach to the second sun, we're gonna get uh some peer into the abysses and other cards like that to really full out, fill out the deck. I really think you get your value of the $37 there rather than buying the cards individually. Of course. Um, and then I went on Card Kingdom with my remaining 60-ish dollars to spend. I bought two Balaged recoveries because they don't come in the deck. They are an uncommon, but they're currently $6 each. So two of those... $6 each is $12, right? Mm-hmm. We bought one, That's Behold, math. one Behold the Beyond at $1.29. Uh, two Dark Petitions at five, uh, they were five forty nine. dollars mm-hmm. uh, each. Four Emergent Ultimatums at $0.99 cents each. Four Shimmer of Possibility, which is a random Ravnica Allegiance card. It gets you one deeper than Strategic Planning does. And for only $0.35 cents per card, I think it was definitely worth just picking up. Yeah. And then the big boy, Uno, 
The Sage You Who Endures, currently at thirty two ninety nine. I I can see this dipping back down to like twenty five, but I don't think it'll go any lower than that. Yeah, you know, it's a, such a good card, and again, I, I do think that it changes a lot in this metagame, given how good the artifact hate cards are. Right. I just um, think that, like, yes, the top tier decks run two, and the top tier decks run botanical sanctums, which we don't have, and we don't have money for the Sphinx of the Lost Words, uh, and we don't have money for the uh, Maze Mind Tombs. Pools. Right. Well, mm-hmm. they don't play yeah. one breeding pool, if any. Sure. But I think that you'll have a very, very, very competitive version of the deck the one besides you gives you a target for your sylvan scrying right which mm-hmm. is like once again you know the the amount of better your deck gets for the first besides you compared to the second besides you is higher yeah uh so i think that with this all the shopping cart comes to 62 60 plus the 37 from before roughly a hundred dollars right we're not going to pay shipping at Card Kingdom uh, or on Amazon because we're Prime members, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that all said and done, I think for $100, you basically have very close to top tier Lotus Storm built. Absolutely. Your yeah, cards I think that... aren't going to be flexible into other decks, but I do think that currently Lotus, tier, Lotus Field is a tier one S tier deck, according to Playing Pioneer and their analysis there. So sure. I just feel like for $100 being this close to a perfect deck, you know, if you added $50 next month after this $100, right, you'd have it all, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think you could even, I think there's even a lot of different ways you could take it as far as making some swaps of cards. Like, Lear's not very expensive either if you want to play one of. Right, she was $8. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like this version of the... Of the $100 spend, I think it gets you, like, a fun deck. I think, again, as of right now, this deck has a lot of game with not only the hate cards it gets access to with black out of the sideboard if you want to, but it's, you know, anti-hate cards, right, for itself, mostly in the form of Visage, which we can get right. with our Sylvan Scrags. And you get Thought Distortions. Three Thought Distortions come in the in the starter deck. Oh, so man. you can go wreck your local control player now. I, I saw a video last week of uh anthony davis um who you know throws down a massive dunk the guy who tries to block him obviously misses his block and then because you have to like block in a certain zone and you can only go straight up and down the momentum of anthony davis uh, knocks him over and then anthony davis pretty much lands over him after making the sweet dunk and then he flexes on him on top of that right right so Set. one sweep motion, boom, goes up, guy tries to block, makes the dunk over him, knocks him down, flexes over him, does his main yell, and then walks away. Uh, when you cast a thought distortion against your control opponent and they go, oh, do you mind if I read that card? That's, I think, the closest that I'm ever going to feel in my life to that effect. The best was- response they could ever have, right, mm-hmm. is, like, flash in a wanderer and make a samurai. Sure. But, like... That's not, they're still losing everything else, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't care about Wandering Emperor that much of this deck because you don't have any creatures that she can kill. And yeah. her samurai is, I mean, they're going to put counters on it, but uh, her samurai gets blocked by your stupid Arboreal Grazer. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I forget how much I hate Arboreal Grazer. 
Like, I think I was playing against you with it with uh, in Soul or something, and I was just like, God, why does that stupid card get to block so well? You know? Right. I mean, just it just does so, the thing and saves you life. It accelerates so much, right? Like, I was mm-hmm. playing some test games because I'm going to the SCG this weekend. We're playing yeah. with some Lotus Field, and like, Ian just goes like, land a Boreal Grazer, second land into like turn two. Pay two mana, Sylvan Scrying, find my Thespian stage, play my Lotus Field. And I was just like, I don't think I'm winning this one. <laughs> yeah. It's just yep. so fast. It's just, and just like that, they've got their two Lotus Fields set up on turn three. You yeah. know? Their stupid Arboreal Grazer. Arboreal Grazer has Reach, right? Yeah, it has Reach. Zero three Reach. Uh, that's a, you know, once again, a War of the Spark, Eldraine era card that's yeah. just way too strong. Hangs out in the trees. Yeah, it blocks my Phoenixes. Right, you know, and not. I mean, it dies, but still, it's just like a thing where it's like, why does it get to block my phoenix? I don't I just don't understand. It just saves you so much life. So, no, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think this is a strongly positioned with Nubisaju. Again, you you can get hated out. You're not you're not going to win every game, but I do like its combo potential. I like what it tells you about the format. I like that it's an easy deck to come in and play because you are more of a linear deck, right? Right. Like you need to know you your have lines. to learn your lines and your packages mm-hmm. with your emergent ultimatums. But, you know, for $100, I think this is the strongest deck, possibly the strongest deck you can build for $100. And uh, I must also say that cards are going up. Uh, But I'm going to let you do your $100 and we can talk about just cards are going up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, my $100 is pretty easy. I mean, I would uh, pretty simply make one of two decisions here. And again, the classic Chris can't come to a decision. So I'm going to tell you both the options. One, you could just buy that sweet mono blue deck. I thought that was a pretty decent deck for a while. And again, I think that Pioneer is a format that rewards you for playing decks that you know well. Uh, There was some, you know, really poorly thought out Reddit uh, post that was really, really long. And again, not very well thought out where it was like, uh, oh, on playing Pioneer or wherever, they rated this deck that I like as not high tier. So if it's not high tier, how come it won... Uh, this event and it's because nobody knows what they're talking about when it comes to pioneer because it's so new right like that is not the way to take that you know the way to take that is hey people that know their decks really well like can take mediocre decks or medium power level decks and and do well with them those tier lists are just a suggestion from players who we know know the metagame really well we know play a lot in these higher level challenges they are not the end-all be-all of what you should or should not play Right. They are decks that like, hey, especially week to week, what has, you know, a, an average power level that is very high. And again, Lotus Field is up now because we've added Baseju, We've added a way to fight some of these cards. So it's up on the market. You know, you can hate any deck if you want to enough. Like, you know, you'll notice that Winota is no longer on that top of that tier because, again, removal spells hurt Winota. When you're creature dependent, that's different. So, you know, you really, again, have to listen to us when we say pick a deck that you think is strong enough that seems to do reasonably well, evaluate the average power level and play it. And that's what you're going to be rewarded with, especially when everybody's coming back to Paper Magic with Pioneer. Knowing your deck and playing sideboarded games where two out of your three games are going to be sideboarded games, that's what's going to reward you the most. So, you know, you can start with these deck, invest more of them. I like that mono blue deck. I'm not sure its average power level is very high, but as you saw, here's a player who probably has been playing this for a while, or at least got the matchups that were favorable and got third place in this challenge. I think it's pretty great. Um, I'm also not convinced that Orzhov Oros, an, an, Oros, another deck that is the a challenger deck, right, is completely gone from the metagame. I, I just, I'm telling you, I played enough of that deck. I played enough of those aggro decks that played Luris. 
And there were games where I forgot about Luris. There'd be times where I just completely forgot Luris was a card, and you're just still smashing your opponent's face. So I think that Ors of Wars is a very resilient card, and that deck's so cheap that you can pick it up and Light Pause is such a massive addition for only a dollar right. that you can really, really go crazy. And the deck has options with Thoughtseize, which you can easily pick up four of at 15 bucks a card and complete that deck out. You can buy that Challenger deck for 25 bucks. Actually, looking but, here, the actual yeah. third place deck right out of the uh, challenge mm-hmm. currently sells through uh, Card Kingdom for $100, $101.20. But if you cut the three icon of Ancestries, you will end up saving $11. So you have 10 more dollars to play with how you want. Yeah, use it on fun sideboard cards and try things out. So I think the most important thing is like m- get a deck going, right? Because right. the, the format is still very accessible right now. You know, people that remember back in the day, the PTQ seasons, you know, when we had extended as a format, extended cards would rise in price and they would go back down once it wasn't the format anymore. So people are picking up their cards. It's still a good time, I think, because, again, we've seen that they're committing at least to Paper Pioneer for now. So there are still, I think, some good values I'll go over after this. But, again, I really do think that Orsav Auras is a another great pickup because of how we've seen that deck do well over time. Uh, with the, you know, black and white have the best sideboard cards. Right. So you get access to great sideboard cards, you get access to Thoughtseize, you get access to a deck that we were killing people on turn three with. Turn three or four, we're sitting there dealing 15 damage. You can go back and watch some of the first videos we did on the Crew 3 YouTube channel are talking about, or sorry, are covering this Orzhov Auras deck and how quickly you could just beat face down with all that glitters. And then, of course, Ethereal Armor, right, is the one mana version of that. Which one? Ethereal Armor? Yeah. Ethereal Armor is the one that uh, gives you the plus one, plus one for each other enchantment. Right. So there you go. So uh, that's what I wanted to point out there. And again, you know, either of those gets you huge with how inexpensive the Challenger decks are in general. But Challenger decks are still, I think, a great entry point. You can go back and listen to our episode on how we would upgrade them, which we did uh, a few months ago. And then the professor also did a video on that where he was talking about the Challenger decks and what he would do. Do we have anything to do with that? Um, no? no, we did not have anything to do with that video. Okay, gotcha. We, we do a lot we do of the top uh, fives. work with the professor. Yeah, with the, with the top fives and whatnot. But we also did a thing on that. We loved his take on it. Definitely a place that I would start with your $100. Um, I looked at some also value cards that you could pick up that I think are really good pickups right now. And yeah, what do you here. think are good pickups right now? I think a Sickest Chariot at $3 is kind of a no-brainer. You yeah. Know? That card, I think, is, is playable in Standard. I think it's an insane card in Pioneer. There's several decks in it can come in. It helps you avoid Wraths. Uh, it's not quite looter scooter level of power because it does cost you the green, but I do think it is played in quite a few decks that are doing really well. That's an interesting take. Uh, that's for sure. I also uh, I looked like at card. Light Paws at one dollar. I thought it was just really, really good. Yeah, the whole Warsaw Wars deck I think is really cheap, and uh, isn't it? I don't think the deck is dead. I know it's not showing up right now, right? Mm-hmm. But like the deck still has legs, and uh, uh, I think that it's going to have. Very few legs against control, but I think once we get into more paper events, you're going to be able to dodge control. And I know this is sort of a weird thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. But like the way paper events work, it's not a chess clock, right? Yeah, right. So if a control player, if control is the best deck, right? This has happened. I've played formats where like blue white control has been the best deck in the format, or eggs, right? And what happens is the blue-white control players will get paired against each other in early rounds. And they won't 
They'll go to time and they will draw. And they will create the infinite control hell bracket in which you do nothing but play against control mirrors who have also drawn and just get stuck in these like draw like brackets. Right. So like as long as you like if you whiff control for your first two rounds in a big tournament, you probably will not see very much control after that. Right. Control is very hard to play in paper. You have to play incredibly fast and really know what you're doing. You don't get to tank for even 60 seconds, really, and decide whether or not you're going to kill a certain creature. You need to know before those threats are being played what you're doing. Thing is, like, in MTGO, if you play a control mirror, somebody will eventually lose to the clock. Right. Like, if you're not going to put a, you know, either somebody's going to get too far behind in time on the chess clock, so they're going to play poorly to try to speed up the game. Or, you know, somebody's just going to, neither player is going to play very quickly, and eventually one player will just uh, get down to five-minute mark, four-minute mark, and the other player is just going to, like, let them struggle on their time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The last two cards I put here were Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which I still think is a fine deal for $5, because there are a lot of kinds of decks playing this. You should have picked it up when we talked Mm -hmm. about it two weeks ago, when it was, like, 50 cents. Right. And and we mentioned that. That card's obviously insane. The last card is Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize. I mean, Thoughtseize is a good one. Honestly, like, I know it's 60 bucks, right? If you bought a set. Right. But, like, then 40 bucks, you could probably buy a majority of, like, some mono black deck and then hope to build into Rakdos decks later. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think the Rakdos decks do a lot right now. I think there's a lot of variation there. I think those decks typically reward high skill levels of play because right. you don't play a lot of Wraths. You tend to need to balance your threats with your answers. And when you are playing said things, what effects you know have to be answered or you know when can you save your removal? So um, just decks that I, that I think reward a lot of skilled play and decks that I think you do see doing really well now. I think, unfortunately, they're kind of more... 50-50 on the metagame. I don't think there's a lot of decks that they're super favored against. I think they're just decks that you can bring and and just do really well if you play really well, right? You hope to hit certain matchups. Certain matchups are better than others, but I think you're kind of more even against the field is my is the idea I get with mm-hmm. those decks. So mm-hmm. um, decks that you might not spike a 3,000 player tournament with, you know, the, the more players, the more you tend to want to just try and win your, your variance matchups, but in smaller events where, you know, you know the metagame, hey, your local event that's going to be a, an art regional qualifier or whatever, a deck that I'd love to see played. And I, I love your idea of starting with Mono Black. That's what Tiago Saparito, the pro player, has been playing for a long time and Pioneer and doing really well with. So play your Mono Black, go look up some old decks on that and innovate that and go from there. And then build it into Rectus. Also, the Rectus lands, no, man, they're, they're climbing, man. Haunted Which is Ridges crazy because like, they're cheaper than I thought they were, but yeah, Haunted yeah, Ridges are like going up. nine bucks, and then the Blight Steps yeah. are up like almost to nine dollars too. Yeah, that's the only downside is that particular mana base is probably one of the most expensive right now. And then if you want Gens, those are ten dollars. Oof, yeah, they're pretty close to it, right? Right. And then Blood Crypt. What's Blood Crypt going for these days? Twenty dollars. It's higher. Bucks. Higher than Steam Vent. Can you believe that? Did you think there was ever going to be a day where we would see that? No. Yeah. I was never going to think Blood Crypt would be more expensive than like Watery Raven Steam Vent. Yeah. Absolutely for sure. That being said, I just think that like, yeah, as as Chris was saying, I think time time to get into Pioneer is is now. 
Yep. It was last week, but now it's now. Right. You nailed it. Yeah, yesterday you said today. Just do it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you've got, you know, it's tax return season, you get that $100 to throw into Magic, I think you should either follow Chris with the Mono Blue Spirits or his going into just Black Staples, or you should follow me into Lotus Storm for $100 and then build out from there. I think that there's still great deals. It's still way cheaper than buying your monkeys for modern. So, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And again, like you saw, you know, a really diverse metagame right now. Right. Super fun. Is, uh, is huge. Lots of great decks. Lots of great gameplay. It's just a fabulous time to be playing Pioneer, you know? That it is. And I'm excited again. This time I've been putting in with Nate, you know, having an in-person testing partner is is huge. And now that we uh, we kind of live somewhat close, me and you, we can meet together for more often testing sessions should we need to or want to, whatever else it is. Oh, absolutely. Webcam magic's an option still. All that stuff. So I'm excited for that. Yep. That sounds good to me. I can't wait for the SCG hey. this weekend. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, you'll obviously we'll get the news on that and uh, see how that goes for you on next week's episode. Or oh, hopefully yeah. Ruckman will be back. We'll see if he wants to come back. Maybe he just decides, hey, I don't need you guys anymore, you know? You know... Uh, Maybe he starts a new podcast with his wife about NFTs. You know, we could just uh, switch the locks. Oh, and just keep him outside. Yeah, just leave him outside. Bring you in from the alley, kick him out to the alley? Exactly. Hmm. If we did that, could I bring back Does It Slap every week? Probably not. Dang it. Hot takes will also have to stay out in the alley with him. Oof. Well, I'm not sure how I feel about this. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see. You know, like a Twitter poll. You know what? If he brings me literally anything from Disney world, he gets back in. I'm that much of a a pushover, you know, even, even the invisible dog collar. He he brings me like some little, uh, some little pin. That's got like goofy on it or something or max, Uh you know, the son yeah. of Goofy. The son of Goofy, okay. Right, right. Max. Um, I'd be pretty happy, you know? So, Fair Ruckman, enough. if you listen to this episode and you're still at Disney, I don't know, uh, have fun at Disney instead of listening to us. Right. Uh, but everybody he else. He can listen while he's waiting in line for literally oh, any ride literally there. all the rides, right? Yeah, literally yeah. any ride he can just listen to us on the, uh, yeah, while, while waiting for it. That makes sense. Uh, speaking of waiting. Uh-huh. Let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap this one up. Sounds good. All right, Ricky, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me at also Steve on Twitter. You can find me on my YouTube channel of Door Monster or on Twitch sometimes, uh, Door Monster TV. There you go. And you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas and Christmas has no T. Ruckman runs our main channel. So the, uh, anything you tweet at crew three will go uh, to Ruckman's feed that he manages. And, you know, obviously this is a great time to take to uh, thank Ruckman for so much he's done for the community. Right. I mean, anybody who's been in our, our discord for a long time knows Ruckman was running all of the monthly webcam tournaments we were holding to get people who didn't have access to local game stores uh, playing monthly. And, and we had a lot of fun with those and with those and obviously he's interacting so much with our community almost every day and interacting on twitter so you know in his uh the wake of his nuptials i guess we will say i wish i could afford to hire ruckman as my social media manager (laughs) right i'm not even don't we all don't we all yeah yeah ruckman is is fantastic we think it's just a great time to to say our thanks to him and obviously you know if you are out there and listening to this tweet at him tweet at him and and just give him it'd be a great time to hear 
uh, a thank you for you know whatever whatever you appreciate him for, whether or not you're part of the tournaments or whether or not just you appreciated his interactions with you on our Discord, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, I'm sure in the wake of his wedding, give him a congratulations, anything like that. He would love to hear it. This is a great sport, I think. So that being said, anything else? Is there anything else we normally do before we wrap up? Nah, that's it, yeah. right? Yeah, it's got to be it. I don't know. He'll 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 at me if I uh, if I miss something. So did we say that chuck, being a, said, chuck a buck Patreon? We did that. That was the beginning of the episode. All right. So, uh, I yeah, think we we're... definitely appreciate again. Thank you definitely to our patrons who make this possible. Uh, one of you who I forgot to send something to is getting a Arclight Phoenix put into your bag as a bonus for me for getting to send you something for a couple months now. So there's my apology for that. And uh, with that, you got anything else, Ricky? Nah, have a good one. All right, well, thank you guys for listening then. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>